0: Submission Coalition podcast number nine. A while back when we first started thinking about doing a podcast, which actually goes now probably about nine years ago, we thought about it and I was listening to the dog radio program. That was the only one that I knew of at the moment and decided we wanted to do our own. So we started looking around and I found one called Inside BJJ and I was like, damn, that is a cool name for a podcast, cool name for a show. Started to do a little research and found out that was a friend of mine, former training partner Tim Freeman from Stockton, California. So we started listening to their podcast and really dug it, and ours kind of fell by the wayside. So uh, now here we are, nine years later, and we're finally launching our own podcast. We're on episode number nine, and uh, this is a, a little blast from the past. This is us kind of rekindling. With uh, Tim Freeman and his origins with Insight BJJ, and hopefully, you guys will get uh, quite a few more interviews with them So, enjoy.
1: Ah, what's up? Hi, man. <laughs> Greetings from Florida. Are you Greetings, ready for from- yeah, all right. Yeah. California. Can Don't want to hear that is-
0: <laughs> okay. now, Look at you, all professional like. <laughs> <laughs> We were, we, were just, just talk, we were just talking about how all the other podcasts have, like, desks and headphones and boom mics and all that crap. Dude,
1: you know, it took me a long time, and honestly, most of my equipment I bought, like, eight years ago. I don't yeah. go through it. I use the same stuff. I don't change much. The, no, the, we're,
0: we're, we're just joking right now because, actually, the, the, the laptop is set up on a piece of gymnastics equipment. <laughs> um, we're, we're sitting on exercise balls right now so that... <laughs> <laughs> we we're just saying most other podcasts don't have the balls we do.
1: Yeah. Right, 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 right. There you go. Yuck, yuck. yuck. Awesome. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> going? What's that? How's everything been going? Uh, pretty good. Let me move this wire. It's caught up on my chair. Ah, hold on. <laughs> I know. There we go. So oh what, man. The, it,
0: sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at your uh, framed stuff. I see. Uh, looks like holes, Gracie. Uh, looks like Horian.
1: Let's see, we got Hols, Marcelo, Hoyler, uh, and then uh, that's, uh, why can't I remember that guy's name? <laughs> the Atos dude up at the top there. Uh, oh, you can't even see him. You yeah. can't see the guys at the top. <laughs> there it is. Yeah.
0: Is that guy? I don't know. What's that? Is that Gavau up there?
1: No, it's one of his main guys. Uh, I don't know why. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, I'll remember it in a minute. So he won the 2015 ADCC.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: For Matos. And then I got uh, Hoffa Mendez, the Diaz brothers, yeah, nice. Vanderlei, and Eddie. Yeah, I just did it as a project during the quarantine because there's <laughs> nothing in it. So. yeah. I got some frames and I just started going through all my old Jiu Jitsu magazines and finding the ones that I was willing to tear the cover off of. Right. right, yeah. But I figured, you know what? They're just sitting in a stack. It's not like, yeah. you know what I mean? I might as well do something with them, so. They
0: look
1: yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, it looks good. So, so for the people listening in, I'm, I'm hoping all six of them,
0: um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, not, they're not live right now, but, but when they listen, all six of them later. Um, so kind of giving everybody a little bit of background. Uh, so Tim and I used to train uh, under Sensei Eric Shingu in Stockton. That's how we originally met. Actually, I, uh, first got introduced to you more through your brother uh, as we worked together at Office Depot. Uh, yeah. Kind of that, at the time period when this whole UFC thing even hit the scene, um, I remember he and I were working a, a night shift. And, uh, you know, we're watching knockout videos during lunch break and the like. <laughs> and I, I can't remember if it was him or somebody else came in with the first UFC and was like, holy shit, you got to check this out. And, and then that was it, man. I mean.
1: He, he said that, um, first of all, Matt's my cousin, but he's like. Okay, sorry, sorry. No, he really is, though, because our we're double cousins. So, like, his mom and my mom are sisters. Oh, gotcha. So wow. Yeah. The, the Newman sisters married the Freeman brothers. So, my dad and Matt's dad gotcha. are brothers. Oh, so, wow. we have okay. the identical family on all sides the same grandparents, same uncles, wow. all the way around. So, we're pretty close in yeah. that sense. Um, but uh, yeah, he said that he got the tape from you, that you passed him the UFC tape. You were like, you got to watch this. And so, he said well, really it. All. Like
0: we, we used to get together at lunch, the whole crew, yeah. I mean, there was a whole bunch of us. And, and we would just watch, you know, like, uh, you know, highlight reel knockouts from boxing and kickboxing yeah. and everything else. And then, and then this tape shows up, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's somebody had just got, uh, the pay-per-view the, the week before. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, they throw it in the, in the, in the machine and, yeah. you know, and we, we all sat there dumbfounded, you know, and right. just went, well, a couple things. Yeah, you know, we were sitting there. We were like, "Holy shit! I can't believe this is real." And then when they said Ken Shamrock, Lockford, California, we all looked at each other and went, "What the?" <laughs> yeah, in our backyard, like, what? yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Then, not. I mean, we moved to Florida now about ten years ago, and we were already kind of throwing around the idea of. I mean, I, I don't think the term podcast to us meant anything yet. Um, we just talked about trying to do like some interviews and things of that nature. And then I got around to it and I started searching the internet and I went, holy shit. <laughs> like like the, the, the name I kept seeing popping around, you know, because uh, other than Sheardog, um, I used to listen to a uh, 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 recordings on there. Again, I, I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't yeah. really call it a podcast yet. It was uh, Sure Dog Radio is what they yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So I knew of them, and then I saw Inside BJJ, and then I was like, hey, that's a pretty cool name, and then I started listening to it, and I was like, <laughs> holy shit, I know these guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's so then, wild, and we, huh? So then we backburnered our idea, and I just started to end up listening to a whole bunch of your guys' stuff and everything else, and then... Um, we we got the itch again Um, uh, Melissa and I here in Florida we do a uh, a women's open mat that travels around called pretty dangerous Mm -hmm. and you know I'm like the background guy I just look pretty and I take pictures and and I'm not really good at taking pictures so (laughs) Um, but I started getting this thing saying you know I want something to do you know when when we travel I want something to do so finally yeah, I, I said, well maybe maybe I'll just start interviewing the gym owners when we when we go to yeah. the gyms and maybe do like a video expose of, of their facilities. And that never really panned out. And then we finally just broke down and said, you know, it's time to start trying to do something.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh one thing I like about the jujitsu thing is it's so grassroots that there was nobody really covering grappling from the outside. There was like Gracie Mag was probably the big Uh, publication right Right. and and beyond that it was just a bunch of people that really liked grappling that decided like hey I'm gonna like do a thing where I talk about grappling and right that's where I started doing it I wanted an excuse to talk to people that I liked in the grappling world and I didn't want to just go like fanboy out totally you know what I mean yeah and so now I had a reason like hey I'm doing a podcast but most of it in the beginning was just me trying to satisfy my own personal like thirst to like talk to these people and, and pick their brains and figure out what, what they're trying to do. And, and, and I liked it. I use it as, as an excuse a lot of times traveling when I would go places, I'd be like, Hey, I want to stop in and train. And I want to do an interview with you. And, and right. most people yeah. were cool about it, you know? And, and if you think about it, it's a pretty good deed, regardless of like how big or how small you think you are, because there's still not a lot of coverage for yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, exactly. And, stuff. and there's a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of the big names get all the spotlight and there's a lot of like you guys for instance you're a martial arts family like a family you're like the brady bunch of martial arts you know you guys are all doing it you're <laughs> doing is. it your wife's doing it your son just got his black belt congratulations yep. on that by the way now we we had this huge celebration plan huge party Caesar, <laughs> caesar was supposed to come out well
0: caesar was going to promote him in november
1: yeah um,
0: and we you know it was going to be one of those he was going to send out one of his black belts to uh, to actually do the ceremony and hand him his belt and everything else and we talked to Caesar and said you know with with as long as we've been in the Caesar Gracie association everything uh-huh. else like realistically speaking this is our last one yeah They um, said so so Caesar we would really like you to come to Florida and he said absolutely man he goes now my schedule's really booked so the soonest i can do it so for five months, six months, we've been planning yeah. his promotion, our five-year, everything else. And I mean, it broke my heart. Yeah. When when Caesar goes, you know what, with all this Corona stuff, probably need to maybe cancel or postpone. Yeah. And I mean, sure enough, man, he was right. Cause then it was about two weeks after that that. I mean, everything hit the fan. All hell
1: broke loose. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky thing with that. But, I mean, you know, congratulations to, to Christian, right? It's a lot of hard work, and the black belt's not easy. And and you guys certainly paved the way. I mean, you guys were there for, for all of it. And, and you guys were there for a lot of us, too. Like, when I was early into it, I remember you guys hanging with me at a tournament in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Like, all day and way into the night, dude. Like, deep into the night. And you guys had, I, I think you guys had to drive home to Valley Springs or yeah. yep, yep. somewhere, somewhere hella far away from Santa Cruz, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's it's, it sucks that he wasn't able to come out, but it does say something to the fact that Caesar was even willing to come out because Caesar yeah. just doesn't yeah. do that much when it, especially when it comes to like promoting black belts. There's just like a small list of people with black belts from, C, from Caesar himself, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So that, that would have been amazing. And I saw he did like a virtual style thing, which I guess is the best you could do yeah. right Well, Part of our conversation is, I mean, we just, nobody knows. How long yeah. is this
0: going to last? I mean, right. and, and considering that it was already planned for five months prior to that, you know, even Caesar was like, look, you know, he's like, I, I could do a video message or something of that nature. And then we'll, we'll do the, the party later. He goes, but I mean, realistically, I mean, we don't know. Is this, is this a two month yeah. thing? Is this a six month thing?
1: Um, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it, it's a hard one. And then you don't want to make your son keep waiting, Brian waiting, now. waiting. I had a kid, which a blue belt. Go ahead, sir. People were already talking about sandbagging and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I have a, a kid who's a, a blue belt, or he's supposed to be a blue belt. And I kept telling him, like, when you turn 16, you've been training for eight years now, you'll be ready. You're ready for your blue belt. When you turn 16, we'll give you your blue belt. So his birthday came. I didn't do it right on the birthday. I was like, okay, we'll set something up. Right. I took a couple extra weeks too long. And then it's like, boom, everyone's a quarantine. Yep. <laughs> like, ah, we'll get you when we get back, right? A blue belt you could wait for, a black belt's a little more. Uh, well, I mean,
0: we, we went ahead, we had, we had two promotions that uh, one, one gentleman, um, he goes by coach, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, coach is
1: 67,
0: 67 wow. years old. and
1: he had been training for like eight years, With he bounced from a couple different gyms, and then settled on us, and we just,
0: he, he was scheduled to get his blue belt the week before Christian, Uh huh. and yeah, we, we just said when everything hit, we just said, look, you know, we know it's not optimal, but we're going to do a small promotion for you anyway. So yeah. and it's one of those things. We just, we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah.
1: And you know, so it's, it's different too now. Cause I feel like, uh, now with all the social media, like a promotion as an opportunity for the person themselves, right. They want to capture and all that, but it's also a promotional opportunity for like a lot of academies. They make right. oh, like yeah. a big deal out of it, but Back in the day, like, you know, you just showed up and Eric would promote you that day. You know, right. Of course, after you, you ran the gauntlet, you know, got the crap kicked and, out and, of you. It was huge class.
0: for you. I mean, for for you getting that promotion, man, that was, I mean, that was everything. I yeah. Mean, you know, that, like I said, we were talking to Caesar just the other day and, you know, and saying, you know, back in the day, we didn't, we didn't take pictures. Or schedule saying, it. <laughs> you just showed up, right? <laughs> showed up. You trained. Um, yeah you know, maybe you hung out for a little bit afterwards, but yeah, you know, uh, today when people, when we talk about our journeys in jiu-jitsu, people yeah. today, their journey is heavily documented from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, I I'm trying to think of when my first picture shows up in jiu-jitsu.
1: I mean, Oh, I don't know. I, I know I took a, I have a a polaroid style picture or a, a not a polaroid but you know one that's actually printed out from a real right. camera that was taken when i got the first stripe on my white belt i have that okay but but it was just kind of a random thing that somebody snapped right. it wasn't it wasn't any kind of ceremony it was like a thursday night at, at the japanese center in lodi yeah. when we were kind of in transit there and we did it and it was like oh someone had a camera and they took a picture but yeah, I don't know. You're right. A lot of people's whole path is completely documented. But I think for people that were trained in jujitsu before, say, 2010, maybe, uh, wow. it's like, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of shit that's not there now. So <laughs> I,
0: I want to say my, <laughs> the first picture I can think of, and I actually balance with you now, I don't even know where the picture is. Um, it's an old photo from the first Gracie Open in 1999. Wow. Uh, and cool. it was uh, uh, it was right after my match with uh, Joe by the name of uh, Billy Ray Chubs.: Oh, I know Billy Ray Chubs <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was it was my second match of the tournament, and it was his first match ever
1: Megatron that's what we call him yeah that's great dude <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, surprisingly, I ran into him at Master
0: Worlds uh, this year yeah and uh, still I was pretty the, active. Yeah, yeah, I was in the bullpen getting ready to compete and he comes over and And he's like, hey, he goes, you remember me? And I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) I thought he was a really cool, cool guy. Yeah. Uh, I I barely edged him out in the uh, tournament. I think I won in overtime. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, he's he's one of those that, uh, you know, just, which kind of has been our way. I mean, we've always been really cool, just about everybody we've ever competed with. Yeah.
1: How important were tournaments then? I mean, they're important now, but it seems like they were way less, right? There were a handful. And you looked forward to those tournaments, and if you missed it, you missed it. It wasn't like every weekend you could go compete. It was like every four or five months, yeah. And then, right, you know, two or three tournaments a year you could. Right. Yeah. I that mean, that's the, the first, schedule I was on. That was the
0: first major tournament that that we even knew of, and and that was the very first one that they were even throwing. Yeah. So that was uh, that was uh, Eric. And Cesar um, really putting that one together. I mean, as yeah. far as I do, I mean, Eric is pretty much running the the tournament. Um,
1: i feel, I feel like Eric doesn't get enough credit for his contribution to Jiu-jitsu in this area, especially in Stockton. Like if yeah. like Eric and Steve Heath are two real big names that just, without those guys, like none of us are training. you know what? Well, I mean, maybe somewhere we pick it up and we find it it's pretty ubiquitous now. in the Stockton Lodi area. Well, I mean, yeah, I've heard,
0: I've heard uh, uh, different people say. Like, I've heard. I think it was Nick Diaz basically said, um, "No Steve Heath, no Nick Diaz." Yeah. And I've heard Steve Heath say, "No Eric Shingu, no Steve Heath."
1: Yeah, um, for sure.
0: You know and and yeah it's, it's i was actually really honored when uh when i was going out to california to get my black belt mm-hmm. i was actually really honored to find out that steve was getting his black belt on the same night in the same ceremony. Yeah.
1: So, yeah
0: yeah that's almost kind of
1: humbling huh like oh dude like on the same day like wait a minute right yeah <laughs> my,
0: my, my introductions um i mean steve is there from day day one Right. Not just my introductions into jiu-jitsu. My introductions into Okinawan and Goju, my mm-hmm. first introductions to, to Sensei Eric and Sensei Dennis and all them. Steve yeah. Is, Steve is already there. He was, a, I believe, a brown belt in Okinawa right. and Goju. Um, and him and Dennis were already uh, like, my, one of my first major introductions with him is them grappling in the lobby. Uh, <laughs> At that point, because they had had the fitness center on one side and then they had the uh, academy on the other with the hardwood floor and everything else. And I'd go in there, there's Steve and Sensei Dennis grappling on the ground over a knife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the last time I saw Steve, uh, he was demonstrating a a kick on me. And he told me, he's like, oh, we weren't training. It was just a casual street clothes. Hey, what's going on? And he said, I wanna show you this new kick I've been practicing. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, let me show you. I'll just, I'll just, I won't kick you hard. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> are you sure? And he's like, I, I swear I won't kick you hard. He kicked me so damn hard, man. It hurts so bad. And then my cousin, Matt, he comes into the room and he goes, yeah, I'm just showing Tim this kick. Let me show you again. And I'm like, Steve, like for real, <laughs> he's like, I promise. He's like, I promise I'll hold back this time. Whap! Right in the same spot, yeah. man. Drop me to the ground, dude. Some stupid kick, man. So He's what always you,
0: doing something. What, one, of my, one of my favorite horrible memories, though, is uh, uh, California Street. And <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Sensei Eric was demonstrating with me. And that particular session, he was demonstrating how you could kick the legs while a person was playing open guard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you yeah. get to play open guard right <laughs> and So yeah so I'm on my back and he comes in and he starts playing with my ankles and he's like yeah from here you can lift the leg like you're getting ready to pass and then you can throw a kick right into the back of the hamstring right and he throws the kick and I mean it, it it's got this nice slapping sound <laughs> I can't remember if we were gear, or no gear, or whatever it hurts so bad but i just remember at that point i'm like i'm like i gotta put on a good face i'm yeah, like i can't right. tell people that that hurt really bad <laughs> i would have cried <laughs> don't be right, a, bitch, don't don't be a bitch. bitch yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm like i'm like man i hope he doesn't do it again and i think he kicked me three or four times during the demonstration and i was right i was right there i was just about to say Look, I I think I'm bruising up. I I think I'm kind of done. And then somebody, I don't know who it was, because, I mean, when the kick would happen, everybody would go, oh! But then I heard somebody go, oh, well, that's Sensei Dave. He can take it. I was like, ah, fuck. Wow. (laughs) Now I got to pick the next
1: couple. I can't say Yeah. Yeah. Now you got to live up to the reputation. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, that was, it was brutal, man. I think jujitsu was different it was just different the people that were doing jujitsu were you had to kind of really be motivated to do it because you had to find it and it wasn't wasn't super easy to find and it was very tight-knit and so once you found it you still kind of had to prove yourself to the people that were there and it wasn't super like california street all right like Not customer friendly, you know. There's nobody sitting at a front desk waiting to meet you. (laughs) There ain't shit, you know. You're walking in the 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 ceilings leaking. (laughs) You know, it's a tiny little room. You're like, what the first place that Eric was at? The day was like, yeah, you're not training (laughs) (laughs) there. Yeah, it's gnarly. Trained at every other location. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but but California Street, I told her. Oh, it was there. There was like the raunchiest, dirty bookstore across the street. There were like. (laughs) Homeless dudes and crazy yeah. psychopath murderers walking up and down the street. It was it was a, a wacky place, but, you know, everybody was tough, and the training was good. If you were willing to, like, put up with it and endure it, it was really good. It made you really tough, and you learned a lot.
0: Was, was California Street your introduction?
1: Uh, I actually trained with... Um, well, it's JCL, so... Yeah, I trained with... Um, with Phil Torres was my very, very first spot okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. A- around the corner and I trained there for two months. And then you guys know Sean Johansson, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. So he came in and was rolling and I didn't know who. Any- I didn't know anybody for anything, right? And Sean seemed pretty good. And I'm like, hey, he's pretty good, dude. Like, what, where do you train? He said, oh, there's another school around the corner, California Street. And I'm like, what? Like there is. And so he said, yeah, but we train in the Gi. And I didn't even know really what the Gi was. And so I just cruised over there in a couple weeks and, and checked it out. And, and I liked it. And the, and the schedule was more stable than Bill's place at the time. And so I just started training over there and kind of right. never looked but back. I got
0: lucky, obviously, because uh, I was with Eric from uh, First Kettleman, then Lodi Avenue, uh, then the JCL, then California Street. Yeah. Because if, if, if that was my first time, i I mean the 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 (laughs) sport itself yeah it's already crazy (laughs) enough as it is and and for 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 the first potential introduction
1: um uh i'm not gonna lie so i trained for a couple months at phil tour as a spot right and it was like it was okay i was getting the crap kicked out of me pretty bad and at that time like nick was a lot younger all those guys were younger and they were running around and doing their thing and I was a little bit older, I was 27 already, so I already had a kid, I was a little more settled down, so it was not, not that it wasn't a good, it's not that they were dicks, but it just wasn't a good fit, like this is not the best fit for me at this point in my life, like I can't really hang with this crew the way I really need to hang with them to actually learn what's going on, because they're coming in and training at 11 o'clock at night, that's where all the real shit's going down. You know what I mean? And I'm in the parking lot at 645, like, where's everyone at for class, you know? Well, so uh, that, that,
0: was, that was during the time periods of the, uh, the
1: infamous, uh, like, pages, you know. Yeah, is- absolutely. Yep. Snowcat call-outs and all. Yeah, so, so the first time I drove by California Street, I, you know, it was hard to find because it wasn't marked out. It, there right. were no stickers on the door. And I remember seeing Ernest Mello bust out of that door. And it was in the summer when I drove by, just sweating. And he uh, opened his gi jacket up, and I saw that, and I said, "Hell no, that's a off. <laughs> and I didn't stop. It took me a week to go back. I was like, "I'm not going there, man." That guy looked crazy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up going back a week later, and just like, but yeah, it was, it was pretty intimidating, dude. To be honest with you, well, my, my first spot. introduction
0: to uh, to California Street uh, Sensei Eric had Nakamura Sensei coming in for a Goju seminar. Okay. Uh, but Nakamura sensei is currently now the head of the IOGKF. He's now the head of the Goju. I mean, this was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and I'd never been to California street. I'd heard about it uh, <laughs> Sensei Eric was saying that, you know, he was setting it up with uh, sensei, Bill Koga. And, and uh, so I got the address and the seminar is going to be at like eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm driving down there. I'm super early. I'm like six 30. I'm driving along. I can't find the place, so I pull in. Surprisingly, I pulled in across the street. Uh-huh. And this woman sees me, and I go to ask her, "I'm like, hey," you
1: know
0: <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, honey, you don't belong here." <laughs> and, and I'm like, "I, I know, I'm lost." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm looking." For you. She goes, "No, you need to leave. You yeah. you don't belong here." You know, she's like, "This is a women's shelter." there are no men allowed. You got to oh, go. shit! That's crazy. <laughs> so, so I realized that, that I was actually just down the, the street from, from the place yeah. where I found it, but I get there and I'm parked right next to Tom's market mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, I'm leaning up against the back of my car and this guy, no shirt, no shoes. He's just wearing like a pair of uh, like underwear, like boxer shorts <laughs> and he's carrying a 12 inch carving knife from his kitchen or from a kitchen.
1: Oh my god!
0: And he's he's walking towards me, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going through all these things in my mind. I'm like, i yes, like, okay, I look like a bitch and walk in <laughs> the, the car, put the car in between us, or do I just kind of sit here, look cool, whatever? So the dude walks up, and he gets maybe five or six feet from me, and I'm starting to think, what you know, what am I gonna do? Yeah. And right at the right at the corner of the parking lot in Tom's Market, were like some newspaper racks. And he puts the knife down, looks at me, drops it, and then walks in. And he comes out, I don't know, five, ten minutes later, got his groceries or whatever, comes out, picks up the knife, kind of picks it up, salutes me with it, and then leaves. <laughs> I'm sitting there now going, where the fuck am I?
1: That is so Stockton. That is such a Stockton <laughs> story right there, dude. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that place was uh, was a very special place. You you can't even see it anymore. The, eventually, somebody – I don't know if it was the Koga's or whoever owns that spot. I thought that they did through Tom's Market and all that. But it looks like the the storefront window that used to be there and the door in the entryway, it's totally stuccoed over. Oh, gotcha. Wow. You can't even tell there was a dojo there anymore. Wow. It's like a little hidden secret now. pretty pretty amazing it's pretty amazing though one time uh chuck walker and i were talking about how many people that had trained at that tom's market spot came through those doors and ended up becoming a black belt in jujitsu It's a lot of people a lot of people for a tiny little like hole in the wall if that was a hotel that'd be a flea bag hotel it'd be like the the worst spot you wouldn't yeah you would only go there for certain reasons right um that's the that's the kind of spot it was in basically but it produced but, a lot but of, I
0: think also a lot of that had to do with because of the spot it was
1: it was a different dedication to train yeah it was yeah you had
0: to really want.
1: you did yeah <laughs> and 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 right after that uh, well not right but a while after training there that's he, he I don't know how many times he spent at the JCL but I know after that we spent some time with the JCL for a while and then he popped over to Pacific Avenue. Yeah. Right. We got that spot open there. Yeah. So, I mean, even with the JCL, it was like, Hey, we're driving there. We're setting the mats up. We're breaking them down every class. Like you're putting the work in, you know, and it's just a different, it's a different feeling now. There's very much an attitude of like, I'm your customer. My dollar matters. And I ain't doing shit. Like you're cleaning the mats, old man, you're putting the mats away, you know, mm-hmm. and only the most, only the real martial artists I feel like kind of pick up on like there's something more going on than just the transaction of money for services. There's...
0: Yeah. That, that's something I've told to people quite often. Cause yeah, you see now uh, with, with Facebook and Instagram and things of that nature, people talking quite a bit more about how, you know, I'm a customer, you know, and I, I and to an extent I agree, sure. I mean, to an extent I agree, but then I usually follow up with that statement though. I mean, especially, I mean, if you've been training at a place for a couple years and you still feel that way, why are you there?
1: Yeah, sure. You're in the you've wrong been spot. with
0: a group of people now for a couple years. This is this is not. I walk into a, a a gym and lift weights by myself with my earbuds in or whatever. You've you've spent time. You've bled with people. If you still feel that way after a couple years, then either the academy itself that's just the environment that they've created or you just never really invested into the group you're in if after a couple years you still feel like an outsider and that and that you're just a consumer I
1: mean yeah that
0: part's crazy to me
1: it, it is I think um you know the art aspect of the martial art of jiu-jitsu is maybe gets kind of blurred over a little bit in people's brains and and they kind of lose that part of it and it just becomes like hey I paid my money I came to these classes you teach me these things where's my belt and it's very systematic sometimes for some people not everybody but some people have that approach and also jujitsu scaled up enough that you can sign up and be a member in an academy and go once or twice a week and never really put too much skin in the game and just kind of stay on the fringes and do it and as long as you're paying you're kind of part of the thing but you're not really part of the thing you know what i mean like it used to not be that way you couldn't just go to california street once a week and stay out on the fringe they would have weeded you out like you either had to get in or get out that that type of thing just doesn't exist it's just i just don't see it you know unfortunately i liked it i don't think i could have did it any other way yeah
0: the last time we were in California was, was three years ago. Uh-huh. My, my anniversary, my black belt just came up, and we were there. I remember you and I were going to try to hook up, and yeah. you guys got into a uh, – your wife got into a
1: uh, car wreck. Uh, oh.
0: A little fender bender, not, not a big. Yeah. But course, yeah that kept us from, uh, from at yeah. least for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, was, we, we got a chance during that trip to kind of rekindle with, uh, with Mike Eulinger. Um, he was my first Blue Oh yeah. And then uh, we were we were uh, getting ready to hook up with the, you guys. You guys were over by uh, Grand Canal in Stockton. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Over That's in right. uh, over in that area. Which now, you know, you're wearing the uh, the 10th Planet. <laughs> which, uh, so you you guys are currently rocking, which is which is an interesting thing because we're we're friends yeah. with the 10th Planet people out here mm. in uh, in Florida. But it's yeah. interesting Because you guys have both. You have both a geek
1: curriculum yeah. and then you also have your 10th planet curriculum out there. I took a weird route. I think because of the podcast, I begin to develop relationships with people that I never would have been able to develop those relationships with them. And so, you know, initially I was like, Hey, I'm going to be part of Caesar Gracie and under this and this is how it's going to be. Um, and I just, I think at some point, I don't know where, but it it didn't seem like Caesar was super involved in what we were doing. Like he was there, but not a whole lot. And obviously, there, you know, the problem with jujitsu. What sucks is that there's always splits and fractures and yeah. crazy stuff. And you know, a, a lot of that's water under the bridge now. In my opinion, for me, it is at least. But you know, things split and moved, and I ended up taking one path. And I got to a certain point where I said, like, I don't have the stomach for this. I'm just gonna like try to do it the way I want to do it now. Like, I I love jujitsu. This is my vision for it. I have honor and respect for everyone I learned from and came before me. Whether I get along with them today or not, it doesn't matter. Like, I still can respect the fact that they played a big role right. in my success and where I'm at. Like, you can't deny that. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to have something unique and different that just didn't exist yet. Because I feel like even at California Street, like, we trained without the gi. Like, gi and no gi was – was all integrated and mixed in and even in Eric's classes there would be times when guys would have geese on somebody wouldn't have a gi on somebody have wrestling shoes on another person would be wearing headgear and one glove like it's like whatever you know it's grappling you got to do it all so yeah. uh, so when I when the opportunity came up to do it I I took a shot at it and I mean I was scared because I'm like dude I'm 40 turned 40 years old when this happened and I'm gonna try to like get into this 10th planet system as a 40 year old dude you know, and I kind of felt like, what What are you doing, dude? Like, why are you putting yourself through this uh, pressure? You know, to like, you already got your black belt in the gi. Why do you even need to go this route? And I just felt like, I need to be uncomfortable. Like, I'm going to, the good things are going to come out of this. But I got to put myself back on that fire again. And right. it, it feels good. It was fun to do. And it was worth it 100%. Um, so, yeah, we got 10th Planet in Stockton. And we have a gi program as well and I, I run them both and, and we also have a judo program with a black belt judo instructor who's, nice. who's a brow belt in jiu-jitsu so we're trying to trying to do it all you know right. bring all the if I had a sambo guy I'd bring him in like, yeah. <laughs> everything man like I don't care you know it's all grappling to me. So,
0: well that's like I mean we we you know as we tell people I mean it's like we love it all so yeah. our our curriculum here is everything I mean we're we have Dedicated, no gi every day. We have gi classes every day. We have a striking class every day.
1: And wrestling um, now, too. And wrestling, yeah. You
0: know, well, I mean, the wrestling was a weird one because, like, when we first started, we couldn't use the term MMA. We, we could – wrestling was okay, but MMA was forbidden. Because of the for insurance. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, you. Then, then, yeah. for, then for a while, it was the other way around. Right. We could say right.
1: MMA, but we couldn't say wrestling. Right. Yeah. That's, that's,
0: that's, it
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the boat I'm in actually like, you, you can't have like a traditional wrestling class, right. which is insane. I mean, it's like, these, these rules are written by people who don't even understand grappling. You right. know what I mean? They don't understand anything we're doing. So, but it is interesting how big wrestling is becoming, I think, because of ADCC and the growth of like the sub only Nogi world, um, at least you know, it, maybe I'm just zoned in on it, but it seems like we're seeing a lot more wrestling seep into the no-gi jiu-jitsu game, i
0: I, 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 I like. agree. I think, I think that's, that's definitely played a, a, a big factor. Um, my personal opinion, because uh, Christian wrestled for DeLand High School and also wrestled for Calaveras High School before he left California. And while Christian was at uh, Florida State Championships – for high school. That's when the first time wrestling got removed as a core sport from wow. the Olympics. And the part that I loved was yeah, there was the, the wrestlers fought for their sport, but what I thought was more interesting was I think there was a little bit of all the Jiu Jitsu players out there, gi or no gi, and everything else. I think they – we always hoped, you know, people throw out there, man, if, if jiu-jitsu could make it into the Olympics. Yeah. But then I think all the grapplers and all the MMA guys and everything else went, shit, if wrestling goes away, what are our chances yeah. of getting our sport in? And so I think what actually ended up happening was I think the MMA community, the jiu-jitsu community, and everybody then turned their eyes inward and went – wrestling is a huge foundation of this sport and if we
1: don't help it and embrace it and everything else we may lose it yeah and and i actually and i don't it's not a popular opinion with a lot of people but i don't want jujitsu to get into the olympics i agree i feel like jujitsu or the olympics have messed up judo like judo is so restrictive in the rule set that it, you can't even touch the legs in judo anymore. Right. That's all Olympic rule set. Cause once the Olympics say, this is the rule set, then that trickles down. Yep. That's Everyone it. training it is good. They're going to, the schools adapt to that modality. So, I mean, What if the Olympic Committee says, hey, no more collar chokes. You're not allowed to collar choke. Are we going to lose the ability? Like, we're going to stop collar choking people? Like, no way, you know? Well, and And, that's where I think the jiu-jitsu community, I mean, did already a very good job. I mean, we already have Abu Dhabi. Right. I mean, we already have it. Yeah. Why why not big that up and build that up as its own platform instead of trying to take our art and smush it down and put it in a little box and then shovel that into the Olympics. Like I'd rather yeah. keep ADCC, ADCC, like keep jujitsu on its own. You know what I mean? Like keep it free from Olympic committees and the IOC and all that bullshit. Like I don't want that. Yeah. But yeah.
0: So, so with the, with your inside BJJ podcast, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, that kind of opened up doors. I mean, I know from, from listening to your guys's earlier works um, you know, there's a couple names that really stood out. I mean, Eddie Bravo was definitely one of them, sure. um, as one of the first bigger names. Um, mm-hmm. Rose Gracie, yeah, Javi, and and then obviously Eddie. Those were those were like some of the first, the three big names I remember. Yeah, really embracing what you guys were doing. And so when I saw that you were becoming a tenth planet, I was like, man, that totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, it was uh, something that I had talked about before, like, man, that'd be cool to have a 10th planet, Stockton, but it was never anything that I was going to pursue or had the opportunity to really pursue or even made sense to pursue. Um, but you know, the jujitsu I'm one of these kinds of people where like, if, if people go like stay away from that guy, he's bad news. It has the opposite effect on me. Like, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I want to learn about this guy. Like I want to know why do people think this? And so there was, I think, I think 10th planet and Eddie Bravo used to get a lot more negative publicity and just like, he's a fake, he's a phony. He's a this, he's a that. He had a fluke win over Hoyler and um on the Jitsu message boards back in the day, you know, like that's where I would go. And like, Oh, I'm trying to learn stuff. Right. It, it, it wasn't like it is now where there's like technique after technique, after technique. Right, yeah. And there was no YouTube, like YouTube wasn't there yet. There was yeah. no video sharing anything, you know? So I would go in these forums and I was curious, like, why is everyone shit talking this Eddie Bravo dude? And so when I had the opportunity to reach out to him and he said, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. I was just like intrigued. And once I got to know him and a lot of the 10th planet guys, I felt like, whoa, the story on this dude is totally wrong. Like this right. guy's super straightforward, super honest, authentic, good human being. He's not playing games. He's not the big, bad, whatever that everyone's made him out to be. So, you know, I kind of developed a relationship with Eddie before all this even came to fruition. So when the opportunity opened up, you know, I hit him up and said, hey, this is what I've been thinking about doing. But I don't want to do this if you think it's a dumb idea. Like I have massive respect for you. And if you're like, hey, man, it's not the right time. No problem, dude. I I still have my own thing I can do, but I want to explore this. and. He was more than willing to do it and and i've been friends with casey halstead who's a 10th planet um, black belt casey's a coaches a lot of ufc fighters he's got 10th planet las vegas two gyms in las vegas he's got a whole slew of 10th planet gyms and i was friends with him through the podcast and my wife had made friends with his daughter and just we just had connections and and uh, relationships that made sense and so when it came time to go like hey what do you think? You think this is a good idea? There was some support there. I was like, yeah, you know what? I think this is a good idea. And so it got off on a good fitting. And and I was really very self-conscious of like, I don't want to jump the line. There's dudes who have been paying dues in the 10th planet system well before I ever got into the system. And I'm not trying to jump up to the front and take something that somebody else has earned. And I wanted to be really out in the open about that with eddie and casey and those guys because i wanted them to make sure that i recognize that you know and so it, my the way i view my position in 10th planet is i'm a support i'm like i'm the guy in the i'm not on the front lines i'm not calling the dude i'm bringing food up in the rear and feeding people <laughs> and like yeah. taking garbage out and you know shoveling shit and all that like that's what i'm doing and i'm happy to do it yeah uh you know it's it's awesome so it's 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 been a really good thing for me um personally and just i've made a lot of good friendships through it and i I really appreciate being able to do that like i really it it's awesome to me in the jiu-jitsu world which i don't think you could find anywhere you know i could go and train with the best grapplers in the world you know and i can't do that in basketball i can't go shoot right
0: yeah
1: michael jordan or LeBron James, I will never, I won't even be able to get in the same room as those guys. But I can go train with Gio Martinez a week. Well, when the quarantine was open, I could go down there anytime, train with anybody. Just about, yeah, you know, so yeah. It's, well, it's now was like really when,
0: awesome. uh, when, because I'll admit, when, when Eddie first really hit the scene, I mean, one, I mean, I was already following Jiu Jitsu, sure. so The win, you know, was definitely one of those things. I was like, you know, holy shit. I mean, Hoyler was the Michael Jordan of, of, you know, grappling. So yeah, he was when, when, when Eddie defeated him, you know, I, I mean, I, I still have, uh, uh, the first book I ever, it was jujitsu unleashed, I think is, a, it's a little paper. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and I'm one of those people, man. I, I, I will read it cover to cover. Um, mm-hmm. and so every book that he's put out, he's always got probably about the first chapter in it, a uh, little philosophy, little stuff like that. And I was reading it, And my first opinions, you know, mainly based off of what other people said. And I've never been one to really rely on that. We went to to UFC 100. Christian was competing. And, you know, we've always had, you know, through like the Diaz brothers and the like, we've always kind of had our own rubber guard, if you will, you know. And so Christian was doing versions of rubber guard in the tournament. And so Eddie saw him, you know, how, how old was Christian at the time period? Maybe 12. Like 12 years old. Yeah. And Eddie comes over <laughs> and he's like, dude, <laughs> sick stuff. <laughs> and I mean, this is long haired Eddie at the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Period. Yeah. you know, and Eddie's like, dude, that was sick. And so Christian and Eddie ended up like screwing around on the mats for like a half hour, you know, of Eddie just like, dude, show me this. And then Eddie would show him. I don't know why. Eddie gave us his email address that day and said, dude, email me some of his videos of the stuff he's doing, you know, because he just fell in love with Christian. Yeah. And uh, I walked away from that, from UFC 100. There were two people, Eddie was one. I went into it with one idea and left going, wow, he is actually a really good guy. And there was another guy that uh, we saw in the Ultimate Fighter that I was like, that, that dude seems okay. And I left that tournament going, that dude's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? What they talk I about. his name, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, after that, you know, we were like, damn. I mean, Eddie was just a really good, genuine guy. I mean, yeah. he seemed as stoked about jujitsu and everything else as, as anybody. He
1: seemed as much a fan as anybody. Yeah, and I think he is. I think that drives him. And I think one thing that I've always noticed well before I was even in the system and even more now that I'm part of it is he, he never tries to cover up what anyone one of, of his guys are doing. So, like, if you come up with something good, He's gonna elevate you and go, everybody check out what Dave's doing. Check this out. This is dope. You guys need to do it. I gotta name it after you. It probably is, right? <laughs> I mean, he's he never goes like, oh no, hey, I'm the only guy that gets to show new stuff, or I'm the only one that could be out in the front. He's constantly pushing his guys and building them. Not he he requires it. Like when he when he talks direct, like when you're talking one on one or you're talking in a setting where it's just you know, 10th planet owners and things like that. It's, Hey, you guys got to pull your weight. You guys got to come up with stuff. You have to be out there. You have to be grinding and pushing and pressing and coming up and innovating and working. Like this is not about, uh, I got my school and now I just chill like 10th planet is like the total opposite of that. You got to add something to it in one way or the other. And, and he highlights it and you know, it's a good, for me that's a good environment like I need that I want that tension I want to be right on that line of like I'm almost gonna fall but like I'm not you know it's like just keep keep going like so he's been really good about that and like you say I've met a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu world that I wasn't that impressed with like after I got to meet him not that my opinion really means all that honestly but you know there's sometimes you develop ideas about people and You're like this dude is awesome you know and then you meet him in real life and you're like this dude is not awesome you know <laughs>
0: this guy's a jerk <laughs> Wait, look, luckily it, it's it's far and few between we don't yeah. almost everybody we meet sure I mean, are usually exceptionally cool i mean yeah
1: you're right well it, it's it's because what we do is combat based so like if if i talk too much shit about you like you and i are gonna square up and we're <laughs> we're gonna like meet someday and something could happen Where it's not like we're uh you know, playing video games online or drawing comic books where we can talk shit, but we never really have, like, you know, we're doing combat. I have to be really careful what I say because the people I'm saying things about, you know, a lot of them could put me in my place physically really quick, you know, so you kind of learn that there's a little bit of decorum and a little bit of etiquette that goes with it, and I don't know if that's getting lost. I think it is getting lost a little bit, but, you know, I don't know if that's just the way of the world right now or or what, you know, so. Well, I mean, it,
0: it's definitely, it's a, it's a different group
1: that, yeah. that's training now.
0: Um, you know, I, I, I was never, I we we trained in that environment. I hung with all of those, quote, hardcore guys, yeah. um, but I never had that image. I mean, most of those sure. guys looked like they could beat your ass. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was the guy in the room, like if somebody came in and, and they were like, you have to fight one of these guys, they would probably pick me because I was right. like the guy who didn't look like a badass in the
1: room. Yeah. I, mean, I feel so. you. <laughs> me too. I get it totally <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that's 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 for certain. But you know, I remember first going into train, uh, the first, you know, couple weeks and and Nick being there, and Nick was getting ready for his fight against the um i think he was a japanese fighter it was the guy that was trying to like catch his punches you remember that fight uh yeah um, uh, I-, I can't remember the guy's name but nick just peppered this guy up real bad it was probably one of his you know pretty straightforward easy fight i, I don't know if you could call any fight easy but he nick looked really well and just kind of whooped this guy up pretty good but i remember talking to him when he came back into the gym and and he said you know like you you don't the thing is in this is you don't know who to be afraid of like the guys that look tough aren't always the tough guys yeah some guys just regular looking dudes and they're really really damn tough so
0: well that seems to be more the the modern crew I mean
1: yeah yeah. it's
0: it's kind of like the like we we refer like to the NFL draft I mean the the guys who ends up becoming the superstars usually aren't first round picks yeah they're they're back and the guys right now in the gym that really seem to be picking up on it the most, you know, aren't necessarily the most athletic guys. They're not, they seem to have the really best balance of intelligence with some athleticism. But even then, the athleticism can kind of come. It didn't have yeah. to be there day one. You yeah. know, but the motivation through jiu-jitsu was enough to drive them to become an athlete but their their analytical mind uh, problem solving um, and the deeper thinking really seems to to be a, a bigger attribute right now
1: I, I think you're right. I think that uh, without the mental component, too much athleticism probably will will slow your growth eventually in the beginning it's great because you 're a you are like a baby shark amongst a bunch of minnows as white belts, right? You're the big athletic white belt. And you can just smoke dudes with your athleticism. And it's like, great, this is great. But as you start to kind of go up in the game, people kind of take the kid gloves off and, you know, you, you start to meet your match pretty quick. And if you can't, if you can't make that adjustment, you get, you get halted. I've seen guys get stuck and, like, they can't get past where they're at because they constantly their, – their athleticism's – so good that they can't stop relying on it right over and over. And they never really develop like a good grappling mindset or a good grappling IQ. They never do it. Whereas other dudes who come in and they're like, dude, my athleticism's kind of dookie. Like you're forced to kind of learn the game quick. Right. Otherwise you ain't going to survive. You're going to get crushed. And so uh, the athleticism kind of tails and, and catches up with you later, right. which, you know, is, is probably for most people, That's probably the best way to do it, you know. If you're trying to be, like, the best competitor in the world, then you need some good raw material, you know. You don't have to be an athlete, but it certainly helps, especially nowadays. Like, these guys that are – the dudes that are competing now, like, in ADCC, these guys don't look like the guys that were competing 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, they're like a different kind of monster now, you know. So – Hey, man, I know you had a uh, hard
0: cutoff in about five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So,
0: uh, uh, yeah, you guys got anything big coming up? I mean, or, or you know, because obviously, I mean, like we, we had some plans. We know, unfortunately, the the, the COVID-19 kind of killed all of that. Yeah. Right now, but, you know, we're, we're still trying to put some uh, irons in the fire so that hopefully when this thing is done, we're hitting the ground running.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're on the same boat. We're not sure when we get to open back up. So you know we're, we're obviously looking forward to doing that. I think the biggest thing that we're gonna be doing is even when we do open up, we're gonna keep our online presence quite a bit stronger. Oh, and yeah. especially uh, two things. One is, in, and I've already do a lot of this in, in my gym, like on the first day of the new month, whatever the first class day is, that's lecture night. Like I put slides together, we dim the lights, we put it up on the screen. And we kind of lay out, this is what we're doing this month. This is week one, week two, week three, week four. We're working on these ideas. I show them videos. We talk about it. We break things down just to mentally get their heads ready for what we're about to do. Um, and we've been doing a lot of that Monday or Tuesday and Thursday nights. We just I get a selection of matches and all, a variety of styles and different types. And we watch them. And I make everybody on the Zoom call talk about what do you think about that match? What oh, did you see? Yeah, pretty cool. And it's interesting to hear what a white belt sees versus what a brown belt sees. And sometimes it's surprising how intuitive or the perception that newer people to grappling have. They kind of catch things that you're like, dude, I didn't see that because I'm so deep into this other specialized Delhi Heba hook or what the hell ever, you know? So we're definitely gonna keep that analytical part of it up. And I think with the kids, online training, is a supplement to regular kids classes having a couple online sessions is uh going to be a real big deal moving forward because kids parents like that outlet the kids are used to it see adults we have an aversion we're like i don't want to get on zoom and do jujitsu and like it's weird i'm by myself kids are like hell yeah let's do it i don't care this is technology like i'll dance in front of the screen and. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. I'm doing puppet shows and story time, and my wife and I are dressing up and doing jujitsu, and and the kids like it. So I think we're going to stick with that, uh, you know, once or twice a week moving forward once we can open up and kind of keep things right. Going. So, in that sense, this this has been good, and the other sense, it's it's kind of crappy. You know, I, I feel like we need to get back to training and, and get back to what we do because look, we're martial artists, and I told all my students this, like if you're not training right now because of COVID and you're bummed out, you can't do it by yourself, but then you need to rethink about how much of a martial artist you are. Because at times like this, this is when you really need to know how to defend yourself right. above and beyond. Like these are the times. And if you can't work yourself up to train right now, cause you're bummed out and like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like how important is this to you? So gonna right. be a bigger focus on things like that. I think for sure. So. But I, dude, I'm so glad to come on, dude. I'll come on anytime, dude. I yeah, well, I love this stuff. What's we, that? Like, barely, I said, we have, to, we have to have you back because I feel like we just barely scratched the surface. Dude, anytime. Hit me up. I'm super duper free. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> 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 we, could, we could even do another, ver- if you want to do like part two, we can come back and do a part two. Hell That'd yeah. Be awesome. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, hit Bye. me up. Great. For sure. Thank you guys so much and congratulations. I'm glad to see you guys doing this. You guys on, are man. awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome folks, you really are. And I really do appreciate I I swear, when you guys stayed with me in Santa Cruz, I was like, these people right here are legit. <laughs> I'm serious, it was a big deal to me. I didn't have anybody, I didn't have coaches, nobody. I was out there so I was a lone wolf. And most of my tournaments were lone wolf at that time. So yeah, like mine too. And I, and I got my ass whooped too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I fought that guy again as a black belt. He beat me by two points, but it was a much better match. Yeah. Oh, nice. thank <laughs> that me. Yeah, it was crazy. So, anyway, thank you guys so much, man. You've been a, and, and I, don't, you know, your relationship with my cousin Matt, that was the introduction to the UFC for me. So, that was dope, dude. That was, I'll always remember that. Nice, so, man. I appreciate it. All right. Tell, tell your son congrats again. It's a big deal, man. A black belt. It's, he's so young. I don't even know if he realizes the gravity of it. It's like, dude, yeah, you gotta I know, this, dude. he, he oh. is close to the age that I started at. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> That's great, though, man. It's awesome that you were able to provide that opportunity for him and that he took advantage of it because he had to do the work. So, yeah, yeah. Well, like our daughter, yeah. she's like, eh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. I know. My kids are like, uh, you know, my son's been training since he was five, mm-hmm. he's 17 now, and he's kind of like, eh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I get it. But anyway, Thank you guys so much. All right. Hit me up. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll definitely have to do this again. Okay. All right. You guys have a good one. Awesome, man. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thank Thank you for for listening.
0: listening. This is your host, David Lowson.
1: And your other host, Melissa Lowson.
0: We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, If you want to uh, follow us, Go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away.
1: We're also always looking for sponsors. Just PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets.
0: Awesome. Thank you.